We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst. Joined today, bump a show with Charlotte Robson, Andrew Bolland, Norman Riley, and beside me in Seton Delaval, Northumberland, is Michael Collin. Um, hello to all of you, and thanks for doing the show. We were all at Crystal Palace yesterday when Newcastle won 1 1, and we're going to talk through that and much, much more. Couple of notices first. Uh, there's a new t shirt on sale, Ashley out. On the True Faith site, we've sold 180 so far, which is mint in like three days. So thanks to everybody who's bought them. Uh, you know, I'll put a link in the description of the podcast um, where you can click and buy, and the money all goes to recording equipment for this podcast, which everyone keeps asking us to do. So please do that. Um, Maggie, what, what was the figure I gave you before? How many people have donated to the food bank for the... So apparently 4,800 people have listened to the, um, the show from the press forum the other night. Only 120 out of those 4,800 have donated the fiver to the food bank, which is shocking. Um, it's five pounds for a good cause, so pull your fingers out. Yeah, that, just echo, and I think a lot of people have donated by text and we don't have those figures yet, but come on, if you listen to the, pre- the, the press forum, loads of people have, have had such good feedback, everyone seems to have really enjoyed it. Everyone who did it, all of the journalists, myself for putting it together, you know, everyone who helped, we all did it for one reason, and if, if you listen to the show and you haven't contributed, um, I don't know, you won't get any presents next Christmas or something, I don't know, translate that into adulthood, but <laughs> bad things will happen basically. Um, so please donate to that. Please go back to that. If if you haven't, then would really appreciate if you did. Just come clean. Just send a tweet saying well, you weren't gonna, <laughs> but you heard this message, and uh, and now you did, and we'll we'll retweet you, and everyone will know what you really like. Um, <laughs> right, Norman, um, Crystal Palace one all draw. There's been non-stop debate on social media since that uh, it was a good or bad point. How how did you take it? Right, so. It's, uh, I'm, I'm saying it's a good point. Reason being that the way I looked at this before before the game, cliche as it is, would I would would I thought I thought a draw at the Crystal Palace would be a good result? Yes, given their their record, like since Hodgson took over, um, you know, the, the beat Chelsea at home, the draw Man City, they could have won that with that last minute penalty. Um, they're a they're a decent side. I of course that that you know that they're in they're in it in the battle with us, but they've got a lot of quality there. And Crystal Palace away, a draw, good result. Yes, overall, however, obviously the way that the draw came about, we went 1-0 up, we controlled the first half. Um, at half-time, I, I think I said to a couple of people I stood with, like, we, don't, we don't look in any danger here. Um, but obviously, there's been, there's been a pattern, hasn't there, this season? We've gone a goal up on, I would say, on several occasions now. And 
we've just lost concentration um, later on, and it's obviously come back to bite us in the arse. And it did that yesterday. I mean, they got an equaliser. They got an equaliser ten minutes into the second half, and at that stage, I think, and right, I'm dominating the first half. I'm having the. I think Hennessy saved the shot from Perez, um, and he also denied Kennedy. Um, that could have been two 0 but one's each was still like 35 minutes to go at Crystal Palace. At that point, I would be happy, happy with the draw. Um, so I, overall, um, um, I, the Burnley game, the Burnley game, right? If we won that, and we had this point yesterday, it would have been a fantastic couple of a couple of days. Um, but the the Burnley game being one up and not winning that one, so it kind of, it's it's made yesterday a bit more of a difficult result to deal with. But I, overall, I'm definitely happy, like. We just say we're all doing this on Skype, Dodds, and I can see you whispering to Mickey off camera. It's very off-putting. I've just sent you a text. You just sent you a text saying stop moving. It's so off-putting. It's so off-putting. You've got no idea. I've never seen a man move so much. Like, calm down. Pop a moody on it. Pop a moody on the pitch. So, Bollins, you've, you've introduced yourself there. Um, go on then. Tell Norman, <laughs> t- t- tell Norman why he's wrong, please. But Norman's just basically agreed with the, the points that we were going to have. He said that like we should have won basically. No, but Norm, like, Norm, Norman's happy with the point. Though Norman said he'd taken a point before he takes a point after, and you you well, definitely well, yesterday. Basically, what I've said to you today is you know yes, okay, it's sure. a good point, but also like given where we were in the game, one 0 up at half time, and we've managed to not win again, um, is obviously a bit disappointing. Um, obviously, we more or less controlled the first half, apart from. Uh, ben Tege missing that absolute sitter, and then we've come out in classic Newcastle fashion and just like sat back, like Diarmé and Shelby have just gone and sat on the edge of a box, pretty much, and we've just let them play at us, and like the players have just gone into their shells like they did against Burnley, one 0 up, like opportunity to actually go on and win the game, and they've just they've almost it's almost like the bottle it, like they just start like the panic, they get scared, and um, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't great, really, was it? I mean. We've thrown away another winning position against a team we could have beaten. Okay, Charlotte wants to say something. This is the beauty of Skype. Um, no, I, I just wanted to say, well, pretty much that, but I wanted to say that, like, um, it, it's a disappointing result if you look at, if you just look at how we played in the first half, like, that there's no way we should have lost that game purely based on the first 45 minutes. Yeah, they were pressing a bit more at the sort of end of the um end of the first half but it's disappointing if you if you're looking at that that side but then coming back uh on to the second half it you know i don't think probably i don't think we deserved the three points from the second half so this is the thing is the, the problem like the players have shown in the first half that they can compete and yes obviously palace were going to come out at us but our players have just gone in like little shrinking violets like it's, it's like it's, it's a bit ridiculous. Like Richie in the first half looked like Matt Richie of last season. Second half he looked like Johan Gufran, like just more interested in defending than he was getting forwards. Like, I miss I miss Johan Gufran nearly every day, Bolin. So <laughs> very raw. M- Mickey wants to come in. The two two things. Um, just quickly, I thought Richie was terrible all game yesterday. Um, Agreed. Yeah, that's just a side point. I think. Although although you are right and it, it was a really disappointing performance in the second half, if they don't get given that gag penalty and we still win one nil, nobody cares. Like, the yeah, but the, the, like the, the thing is at the minute we just they did get the pen and we still, we didn't come back into the game at all after that either. Like, there's so many games now that we, we should have been picking up points in and we haven't. 
like well, well taking three points from like Burnley uh, Brighton you know why is why is pointing this so off putting looking like it <laughs> come on Bollins let's be professional keep the show going Okay, Charlotte, one, Charlotte wants to come in. Well, I was just going to say that you know they did get the pen, and the pen was really careless. It was a, it was a stupid, uh, a stupid thing to give away from Clark. So I just wanted to put that out there. Like that's not a that's not a um, a side that needs is is looking at and need the three points. Making a stupid mistake like that and being caught by the ref was just really frustrating. Norman. Um, I mean, you know, the second half, uh, I think I read that we didn't have the ball in the box once in the second half. Um, in the, Is that in true? Box. Uh, there was a, a chance right at the death for Axel, wasn't there? We yeah. just put it over there. I think he just put it over just way. But, again, trying to, trying to look at it in context, but yes, we're 1-0 up, yes, well, in the second half, because they got that penalty so early, it's almost a, it's the fear gripping the side because, you know, we are in a relegation battle. Crystal Palace are the home side. The momentum was with them after they equalised, and they've got a better team. They took off a centre half because you got injured, and they brought on a thirty million pound centre half. There's a big difference there now. Obviously, you know there is an argument to say that we could have come up, we could have attacked more. But at the same time, given the like, precarious situation that we're in, to to go a bit go, to, even let's just say not even go go more necessarily, but to attack them, we would have like risked losing. And I'm, I'm I think a, a point away to Crystal Palace. I can't. I can't really have any complaints about it. I think it's a. I do think it's a good result. I just so I've got another point on that. The same thing happened against Burnley when we took Kennedy off. Like only our only real outlet and probably our only real sort of creative force going forwards. Um, we took him off and they pushed up straight away and we had no one who was going to create anything for us after that because, as Mickey's pointed out, he thinks Richie had a bad game all game. I think second half he was particularly poor. Uh, go on, Dodds. Okay, so. I'm going to go back to the penalty and, and, and kind of disagree. I'll put something to you, Charlotte. Okay, so number one, Ben Teke had hold of Clark's shirt as well. So, like, yeah. when you say it's stupid, it's hard. Now, this is Kieran Clark, by the way, who, like, Mickey, do you like wrestling? Do I like wrestling? Yeah, <laughs> did you like it? I, I loved it when I was younger. Well, name, name me, think of the worst wrestling moves you can think of in terms of pain or, or good wrestling moves. I don't know how they're interpreted, but remember Kieran Clark at, at um, Forest last year when he scored? and was fouled, and they took it off him. And then he was basically wrestled on the ground three times for pens and gotten out. If you, caught, you know, so Kieran Clark literally took in, you know, a tiny bit of Ben Tegger's shirt for a ball that was going miles over his head anyway. Yeah, I agree. You know what, Charlotte, you're right. I wish the linesman, it was the linesman who gave it, hadn't been given a decision. But I just, and call me biased or naive, like this, this, they've put planning permission in to exhume Dwight Gale from the Stoke pitch because he's still there after being flattened by fucking whatever his name is Zuma is it Zuma Kurt yeah. Zuma um, and like just think about the penalties we've not had this season and then it, for, for that fucking linesman to start waving his flag like a bell end like that and you know someone said oh you know the um, the, 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 the the linesman doesn't care about our like litany no but the, the, li- the, li- the, the linesman just wanted to be the, I just where would <laughs> Bolland, where was the linesman at Stoke who watched Kurt Zuma like dig a hole and put Dwight Gale in it so he didn't get the ball? And I just, I just think it's such bad referee. Now earlier on in that game, I don't know if you remember this because we were quite, we were quite close to the front. Um, Paul Dummett, I mean Andros Townsend was basically trying on Paul Dummett's shirt. He was obviously Dummett was right up his bum, and 
like you know they were they were tugging each other, <laughs> tugging each other's shirts, and 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 Mariner was laughing. He was like, nah, 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 lads, like keep going. And, and Abdummit went nuts at Mariner, and Mariner warned him. And then like five minutes later, like Mariner lets the linesman do that. But then the linesman was waving his flag so much, like practically sprinting to the eighteen yard box to give a pen. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel hot done by it. I just think. You're right. You're right. All of you are right. And Charlotte, I'll come to you in a sec. You're all of you are right. That until that until that moment, the had out. Now you you're right, Bolland. That you know, Darlow makes a good save off a very fortunate shot from Palace, and Benteke should score. And although Palace couldn't, they couldn't be as bad as they were in the first half. They couldn't be as bad. It's just so frustrating that like, where's our fine? Palace got a soft pen. You know, you're right. Maybe we give them it. Where's our soft pens this season? Where, where's, you know, let's think of, um you know, who else got a pen against for this season? West Ham got a pen against for outside the box. Anyone else had a pen against for this season? Um, any, you know, it just, it's just so frustrating and I'm so pissed off at the referee and I just I just don't want to blame the team. Charlotte was first, mate, Bonhams. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you that it was a, it was a push, like, to call it a pen. But it doesn't change the fact that it was, like, just... A, a, a careless thing. It's just a, a really frustrating careless thing. That's that's all I sort of mean by it. And you're right. And you're right. There are loads of opportunities against us this season where we should have been awarded the pen, but we weren't. And that look that looks like a tiny offence by comparison, but it still is one, and it was still given. So it's just well, fair enough. And back to the point someone made before about. Possibly Bolland after the goal that would look like winning it in a shell, and it's like I, I'm I'm far more normal on this. I think that was a great point yesterday, a great point. I'm really pleased. I think it was a fair result overall. I th- I don't think we can just say our oh, first half performance, so we should have won. There are two halves to games of football. You can't just say first half, so we should have won. It's like what frustrates me most yeah, is that's that. That's not what we're saying. To be fair, we're just saying we bottled the second half. We don't think we didn't bottle it though because you you got players like Palace needed. Did you hear the Palace crowd yesterday? I didn't hear the Palace crowd. I was expecting this great atmosphere and they were shite. Apart from when they scored, and then I don't know if you saw, but as James McCarthy, as soon as Palace scored, was egging the crowd on, saying, "Come on!" Like doing embarrassing things in front of the stand, trying to get them behind the team, and that's because they're so reliant on their home crowd. And their home, their home phone to Hodgson is fucking excellent, by the way. They lost once against Arsenal, one nil or something like that. And I just, just to say that the lads bottled it. I did a bottle, and I'm going to come to you quite hard here. When to see the lads throwing like faces, legs, groins in front of the ball countlessly to, to, to keep the ball out. I mean, some of the last-ditch defending was heroic against some very skillful players, and for you to say they bottled it is is most unfair. Well, they bottled it going forwards. I did have one thing I wanted to say as well. Do you remember last season we talked about it? We'd go 1-0 up and we'd just sit back, and we won loads of games, like 1-0, maybe we'd get, get a second eventually, but we weren't punished because the teams were so bad, and it's the same story this year. When we've scored, we just sit back straight away, like we did in the championship. Except the players we're playing against are much better, and they, they do punish us. Um, I mean, we had that conversation numerous times after games in the championship, Alex. Like it's just something that happens with Rafa Benitez. This Newcastle team, I won't put it all on Rafa, but this Newcastle team, this set of lads, when they score, they just, just tend to sit back and try and protect it. Go on, whether that's Rafa or whether that's just them, like. It's just what they do. Go on, Charlotte. I don't. I don't agree necessarily with with the fact that we sit back. I I think um, I, what we've seen is especially in the last run of last few run of games, we we seem to panic. Like it was like Burnley. Like it, it wasn't sitting back. It was just like a sort of loss of focus. 
rather than sort of try and keep it defend defend the goal. I don't know. I like I like. I, it was less so yesterday, but especially at Burnley, like I thought we looked almost like manic running around the pitch, like I would like pissed off we didn't win that game, but not surprised with the way that we're playing towards the end. Norman, I mean, um, I, I agree with you to an extent. I think I alluded to it before. We have to remember that we're in a we're in a relegation battle. We're a side that's relatively inexperienced in the Premier League. Um, and when we go go up, unfortunately, it's probably going to be like you know on on the majority of occasions that there is there is going to be a bit of panic sets in because we're lacking we're lacking experience like leadership on the pitch. Now, Lascelles is a brilliant captain and a, like an excellent player, but we haven't got a kind of one or two world heads in the side who who are you know maybe a bit more battle hardened and who when we go one nil up would be able to kind of keep the players focused. You know, somebody just kind of like saying, "Oh, lads." We need to we need to stick to our jobs here because there's obviously that kind of rush of elation from taking the lead. It's almost like we're kind of not the players aren't able to kind of contain it. You know what I mean? And there is a little bit of there is a little bit of panic setting. But as I say, the thing is, if we if we stay up, sorry, when we stay up this season, um, if Ashley you know continues along the same path that he is, and we're in another relegation battle next season, the players will actually be better for it. It's just there's a a real lack of experience out on the pitch. And I think uh, one little way to Crystal Palace, one little bit at Burnley, one little bit home to Leicester, that panic sets in. Don't get any ideas, Mike. Um, Mickey? <laughs> um, I just thought it was quite apparent from the performance in the second half yesterday that they were terrified of losing. Um, quite right. Which is, yeah, which is right. absolutely right. And it's, it's, it's a necessary attitude for us to have at the minute because if we get no points there and Palace get three, it's a disaster, like a total catastrophe. So once they once they've got that terrible snaky pen and scored from it, I, I I understand the performance. I understand why it went like that. It doesn't make it any less disappointing. But we've come out of that with a point, and and in other seasons and other Newcastle teams that have been in similar positions have lost that game time after time. So just before coming to you, Bollins, every like I share everybody's frustration. I I really do. I I, I get it. I'm I'm with you. Like it's the. How, how, what you're describing now is me on 65 minutes yesterday. We haven't touched the ball in like 10 minutes when we're shapes all over the place. Moody Army's gone off with an injury. Kennedy looks like he's gone off with an injury. And it's like, fuck's sake, lads, could you just not have tried to get the second goal? However, it's also like, it's just playing football's hard. Like, it's it's just playing against teams that are at least as good as us, which every team is, when they've been as bad as they are in the first half. And it gets, you know what it's like getting a goal and how much it lifts everybody. And it lifted like the whole of fucking Croydon or whatever the ridiculous stadium that it was. Like, <laughs> it's just so, it's just, I just feel we're so harsh on the lads. And I think Rafa Benitez feels the same. How many times in interviews do you hear Rafa Benitez saying, second goal, second goal, second goal? And it's like, it clearly frustrates him that we don't go on and get the second goal. And against Burnley, we had ample chances. We should have scored the second goal. You know, I'm not going to castigate Hosselu. You know, Jacob Murphy plays a proper fucking ball in a good run by Murphy against Burnley. He plays the ball across the floor to to uh, Hosselu. And I think Hosselu scores. Kennedy passes the ball to Perez or Gale or whoever it is once he skins that lad and he rolls it in for 2 0. Or Kennedy finishes it properly. It's 2 0. So it's not like the team where Bot Bollins and Rios say the team fall apart or the bottle or whatever, or the bottle in tagging sense. No, it's not like that they didn't create the chances to go 2 0 up. They've just wasted it because of what Norman says, a lack of experience, snatching of chances, probably a little bit of um, 
you know, nerves, probably a bit of pressure because they know the importance. You, you, you imagine working with Rafa Benitez day after day and it'll be fucking drilled into them at half time. Second goal, second goal, second goal. And then when they fail to do it, yet again, like you've said, yet again they fail to get the second goal. It, it's, I just think it's kind of natural for a young set of lads who've no Premier League experience. And, and let's face it, the Premier League experience they do have is shite. The Premier League experience they have is getting beat regularly <laughs> under McLaren or, or Kieran Clark and Avila and stuff like that. And I don't know, I just think I just think you're a little bit harsh on a group of lads who I thought gave everything yesterday. And got a, got a very, very good point. Bolland? Two things. We keep saying we don't have a lot of experience, but Paul Dummett must have played a lot of games in the Premier League by now. He's twenty four though. He's twenty four. Played a lot of games in the in the Premiership by but, now. Richie's not exactly inexperienced. Like there are players in that. Like Kieran Clark as well. He'll have played a lot of Premier League games. Like it's not yeah, like we're talking about people who've but, never played, never played in the Bolland, Premier League. Please, please let me come back on this point. You know what? You you've proved my point. You're you're trying to argue to me that Paul Dummett's got loaded Premier League experience. He's twenty four. He has. He's been playing enough. Yeah, but but he's twenty. When you're when you're looking at your twenty, when you're looking for your twenty four year old left back for your experience, I mean, how many games do you reckon he's won in the Premier League? I tell you what, some don't anyone actually look into this, but I reckon Palace's <laughs> Palace's back four yesterday had probably won more games combined in the Premier League than the whole of Newcastle's eleven, and it's not just about playing in the Premier League. You say Kieran Clark's got experience in the Premier League. I of of what of being dicked on every week at Aston Villa of playing for Aston Villa is bad enough. Living there like. It's, I don't know, I just think it's so so harsh on them. In like the, Norman's absolutely right that if Newcastle stay up this season, that group of players will be so much better for the experience. Charles. Right, can I make my second point now? Uh, no problem, go on then. Uh, the subs were shite. <laughs> the, the subs were that is really a well-thought-out well point there, Bolland. Oh, <laughs> 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 so, Kennedy coming off, I've already said, was rubbish. Yeah, but, 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 but. You have, and I'm interrupting you again, so I'm sorry, mm. but he he went off he, he went off on Stop Wednesday. Stop interrupting me, interrupting you. He went he went <laughs> off he went off holding his back on Wednesday and he was taken off shortly after. This is a kid who's hardly played any football this season. He's been thrown in the deep end in two massive Premier League games. I honestly don't think Rafa has taken him off as a tactical sub. Bolland, and let's not forget there were people in our group, I'll name no names, in the pub yesterday that were saying it was a disgrace that Hosselu had been fed to the dogs and left out left out of the squad because he was shite on Wednesday. When he had a virus, he was not well, which was the obvious solution. So well, let's not just like... <laughs> But uh, unless Diame was injured, that was a rubbish sub. He was. was. He was. He limped off. Well, I don't know. Sorry, I've interrupted now. Go Atsu. for it. Who came on for Diame? Atsu. Hayden. Hayden. Oh no, that was rubbish. Because I thought Atsu like came on, like came on ten minutes or so before the end. I thought he actually like pressed it quite hard. Like not great, but not terrible. Yeah, so that's who's a reasonable sub. Game we would have liked to have seen Murphy. I think he would have been a better sub at the time because he would have relieved the pressure a bit more because we've seen he can carry the ball. Like Norman, I think it was yes. disappointing not to see him. Um, Atu's form's been a bit broken recently. Hayden's Hayden. He made one really good tackle to be fair to him, but it's kind of uninspiring. And then Marino on was just like we both said it, didn't we? Like he just takes forever to get in the game, and he just didn't really have any impact when but he came on. It's it's so. It's so obvious why they why he brought him on. He doesn't bring him. Yeah, obviously I wish Marino had done better when he came on as well. But we had we had because you know so Diarme is playing centre midfield for us. Yet he goes for the high balls where he can, particularly from goal kicks. He goes and contests, and Gail Perez will try and get close to him. When Diarme went off, 
Hayden's obviously sitting very deep. He needed someone to come on and at least contest. Because, I mean, Sacco came on. I thought Sacco was brilliant. I thought, like, it was almost a blow that they had to make that sub because he was so superior to the lad who was playing centre-back. And it, obviously, Rafa's just recognised, listen, Sacco's got the freedom of, like, the pitch here. He's running forwards with the ball. He's comfortable in possession. He's winning everything in the air. It's coming straight back to an embattled defence. And I just, like, I'm not trying to say Marino played well. I'm just trying to say there's sound logic, quite clearly, because it's Rafa Benitez, in making that substitution. And just because he kicks the ball out of play under no pressure a couple of times, it's frustrating. And I was frustrated. Mickey wants to come in here. But that's, he was actually brought on to it. And I know it's shite, and that's where we are, but he was brought on to contest high balls because they had no strike on the bench. Go on, Mickey. I'm definitely with Bolland on, on the Atsu slash Murphy um, call, though. I don't... I can't understand why he's why Murphy's been left out the last two weeks and why he wasn't the first one to come on the pitch, um, to try and try and make something happen in the second half yesterday. I think it's frustrating. He's been playing well. He's one of the three that they've put forward to be player of the month for Newcastle this month, but he hasn't played the last two games. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why he didn't play yesterday because they had Townsend and Zahar, and obviously he's tried defensively, and that's the reason. That that, that will be the. I, I can't answer Wednesday, but that that will be the reason why he didn't play yesterday because. We had to keep Zahar and Townsend, and you know what? It's when we were on top in the first half. It's it, it, it's just it's. I think I find it hard to say you don't know why Murphy didn't. He didn't. Start, he started Mark, started Murphy at home against City, didn't he? So we obviously trust him to do a defensive job against City, who are a much much better side than Palace. So I don't think that's reasoning. It's more. I was more more upset that he didn't come on ahead ahead of Atsu rather than starting. I I can understand why he started Richie, though I don't think he should have done it because Richie's been so poor recently, but. If I was making those subs, I would have brought Murphy on ahead of Atu because Murphy's been more effective in recent weeks. And they do a fairly similar job. Fair enough. Charlotte, this is technically your point. Anything else to say on the the second half problems that we've been having or, or the subs? Um. Well, I, I think the problem, like, can you hear me? You yes. can, yeah. Sorry, um, I turned it off before because someone was making noise near me. Um... Yeah, I think the problem is it, it, it comes down to not having the sort of the, the strength and the talent in the side that in the side that we've got. And obviously, we all hope that, that would change in the transfer window, and hope you know that we'd have a few more options in the in the halftime. I mean, I can't imagine that in the changing room at halftime, Rafa's saying you know take a back seat's fine. Uh, that, that's obviously not what's going on. But I, but I, I, honestly, I just can't see the solution with the with the side that we've got. I mean, I mean, I, I, I will concede to your point, Alex, that that probably we are being a bit too harsh on on players who are giving their all and doing their best. Yeah, but um, but I, I think the answer with this halftime sort of lull, this second half, like lack of focus and. And, um, and and lack of attack is is, is probably having a, a, a finisher probably for having somebody that we can sort of trust to sort of you know we've got Perez doing decent assists there but like there's no one to sort of finish it off and put it in the net so I would probably say that's the sort of main problem with yeah. our second halves at the moment I agree and I think so the if we're not we're not we haven't we haven't got a clinical edge now, yeah. we'll kept it all up in that Slamon. He'll be the person to rectify this because his goal record at Porto is absolutely superb. Sporting. And you just open with a run of games and getting his fitness up. I know there aren't many games to go, but you'd like to think that Slamoni is going to be the person who can perhaps get that second goal. When someone's cl- someone clinical is needed, he's hopefully going to be the man. And 
on another point about the players. So Atsu, I Atsu hasn't been great lately, but again, it's it's all about context. This is a six and a half million winger from Chelsea who basically didn't play football for the first six years of his career. I mean, it's it's probably about right that he has like massive spells of inconsistency because that's kind of that's kind of the level that he's at. Um, and Diarmia going off, do you think that was just a timeless thing? Because to be honest with you, the amount of mileage Diarmia has put in since West Ham is, I mean, fucking phenomenal. He's been absolutely brilliant and. This is a two and a half million journeyman midfielder from Hull City, you know, and, and he's been he's been outstanding. So um, I think I could see why I could see why Diomi went yesterday. My, my guess is he was just absolutely bollocks. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, I'm gonna have to see it. Bear in mind that Zaha and Townsend on the flanks for those lot. Dummett, Dummett was superb yesterday. He was absolutely superb. I thought. Brilliant. Dummett was brilliant. I thought Dummett and Yedlin. I thought Yedlin got a lot of stick on Twitter and Facebook and things, but. If we'd played anyone else at right back yesterday, Zaha would have absolutely destroyed them. Like we were saying on the train back, merely by being able to keep up with Zaha, he did a good job for us. Mankilo would have had his pants down there and it would have been horrendous. Yeah. You're spot on and a lot a lot of fans obviously just look at the the, the one occasion when he got put on his arse by Zaha, which is hardest to to a lot of footballers. It's it's not just DeAndre Yedlin who's been who's been kind of embarrassed like that. But if you have you have to look at Zaha's overall output is kind of his only real contribution to the game was hoying an overhead cross that they somehow got a pen for. Um, so I think you've got to say fair play to Yellen. And listen, you know what? Six out of ten, fine. I think he did brilliantly, but he certainly didn't let us or the team down. I've certainly seen him play worse, a lot worse, this season for Newcastle. Um, and just really quickly on what Charlotte was saying about the second half. Um, it, it's like, I go back to what I said before, it's not like we're not creating chances in the second half. Look at Kennedy and Perez. They're through like a decent established, experienced Premier League team scores that goal. So much time, so much space. How Perez runs offside. How can he delays, he delays, he delays, he delays. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know why he doesn't know what he's doing? Because he's played like three games in in, in the last six months and he's a quality player and his decision-making has been good so far. I mean, already for Kennedy, let's give Kennedy some love here. He has, what has he done? He's won a pen. He's hit the post. He's got an assist from a corner. He got another assist from a corner. Hilariously, shite corner that still went in, um, and he's he's done their player at fullback and should have scored the second goal yesterday. That's five like really key goal scoring opportunities that one lad has created in like what 50, 55, 110 minutes football. Norman, can I just say something else about Kennedy as well? You know what, what what's good to see, and that we've been crying out for this as a player when he gets the ball, you get like you get a buzz. It's the first time in ages, like. I felt like we've got a lot on the ball now, and like you can feel that like the kind of palpable kind of lift in the crowd. It's like done on son because he's got that he's got that directness about him. He's t- he's so raw. I mean, what is he? Twenty twenty one. Obviously, all the vintage will be really beneficial to him. But um, I I just uh, I'm just really enjoying seeing a player who uh, who just get, gives you your spirit a bit of a lift, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's quality, and that's what he is—a quality footballer that we've been missing. I mean, imagine if Kennedy had been around since August or the start of the season. And I don't want to get hyperbolic, but you almost feel that we would be in tenth. It's that it, we've, we've, we've lacked quality that badly, and it's been an issue. Bolland cracking up. Go on, Bolland, if you can. He's not that good. <laughs> you you weren't there on Wednesday, Bollins. You weren't there. He was absolutely immense against Burnley. Yeah, well, we're not. He's Alex. Go on, Charlotte. Alex hasn't seen him be playing on his own. He'll be playing with the team we've got. We'd have a good. I'll put us at eleventh, Alex. <laughs> um, right, Mick. Come on, come on. Talk to us. 
the people, the listeners, about the overall context of the result in terms of the relegation battle. How, what are you feeling? And I'll remind you, we're not in court, but I'll remind you that you were foaming yesterday after the game. I was. I, I was. Um, possibly to do with how many pints I'd had and <laughs> the deflating nature of travelling home after, after an away game where you feel like you should have won and didn't. Um, so I was a bit down in the dumps. All I'll say to you is, is, is listen to this for the next six games. We've got Man United at home, Bournemouth away, South. difficult, Liverpool away, Southampton at home, Tottenham away, which might get moved, then Huddersfield at home. We could be going in that game of Huddersfield in five games' time, having got no more points. Nah, I'm not having it. We'll get points. We'll get points. We'll be, we've been picking up points non-stop. That's the whole point of the way we're playing, is to collect points. Sorry, sorry Norman? We'll be mad. We know what's wrong with you. Exactly. The way we've played against the top, top six teams this year, you have to assume that we're getting nothing off United. Man United. Man United and Liverpool. So then, then you've got, oh, then you've got Bournemouth we'll get, away. I think we'll get at least a point off Man U, especially if we've got Simani starting. I think we've got to, like, it's, I won't make you sense, fair enough, we haven't taken any teams other than any points of any of the big teams apart from Liverpool, I think, have we? Yeah, like, but, you've just got to assume that, like, playing five out of the top six, that we're not going to get anything from them. The only play teams we've got to play out of that five of the top six is our Spurs and Liverpool away from home. At home, we could have got a point off Man City and we did get a point off Liverpool. So yeah, I'll take your point in terms of if, the, if it was an away fixture. We've definitely, I'm not going into this Sunday thinking we've got no chance. Absolutely not. I think we've got a good chance of getting something. But Mickey, yeah, Spurs will get moved as well. There's no, there's no way it won't. Um, Bournemouth, Newcastle are one of the better away sides in the league or certainly not one of the worst away sides in the league. And Bournemouth's good form will definitely have to run out soon. Huddersfield at home is a massive game, you're right. Liverpool away is a, a hard game. But when you talk about the next, and I've, wrote, I've written about this today, and I'm going to put the link to my article on this, even if we didn't take as many points as you'd like us to out the next five games, what makes you think that the other teams are going to take any points? Well, that's the difficult thing, isn't it? It's, it's so hard to predict what's going to happen this year because it's so tight at the bottom. I, I can't remember there being a season when it's been like this with so many teams being in the mix. So all we need to hope for is that three teams play worse than us, yeah. which isn't completely unfeasible at all. Like there's there's certainly three worse teams on paper in the league than us. And I, all I try to do is try and visualize or work out how do West Brom fans feel this weekend? How do Stoke fans who were one to look for so long at Bournemouth feeling? Yeah, you're we're walking away, we're you know walking towards going towards a pub where there was no one else actually at, feeling really <laughs> down and grim, and then. How do you think the the at least would have that point? At least we've got something out of it. And I just think if you look at if you look at Stoke and you look at West Brom, West Brom are five points behind. We're five points with twelve games to go. I just feel like a lot of Newcastle fans. I'm not necessarily saying you people, but a lot of Newcastle fans are completely. They're only interested in us and our results and our fixtures. When in fact there are loads of other rubbish teams. And if we're this terrible team who can't play in the second half and we'll always concede and we're bottle at Bolland, what does that make the teams below? You know we've not won, we've not won a home game since October and we're on the relegation zone, Norman. Managed by Alan Pardew, that's what it makes them, and rubbish. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Norman. <laughs> I take, um, take comfort in the fact that ultimately West Brom are managed by Alan Pardew, Stoke are managed by Paul Lambert, two utterly uninspiring managers who are, you know, got a, pretty much got a solid record of being shite <laughs> in general. Um, <laughs> no fears at all. Okay, there might be an argument that Stoke have got better players than us. Um, West Brom, I don't necessarily think they have. I mean, they sent a reveal yesterday. Um, sorry, against Southampton. So Southampton had like, um, is it Lamarma and, uh, and Romeo, right? They had Gareth Barry and fucking Claudio Jacob in the centre. 
you know, and you've already got Pardew shoehorning players into the wrong position, dropping Rodriguez, who's been banging form for fucking storage, who hasn't played. So Pardew doesn't concern me at all. Huddersfield are on a massive downward trajectory, and their squad is absolutely bollocks. Um, so I we might pick up many points in the next five or six games, but I genuinely feel that those three teams that will pick up less than us. So by the time the Huddersfield game comes up, I can be massive, but we could still, you know, be out of the bottom three. So I am not. I, I, I take comfort. Take comfort in that. I was going to go through the rest of them as well, and we we sit now. It's twenty five points run now, isn't it? If you look at the fixtures again, hang on, I've just lost them. I know the fixtures if you want to know them. Like, what do you want to know? West, West Brom, Huddersfield, and we've got Southampton at home. We need to win all three of them, I think. Yeah. That's not unfeasible. We win those three games, nine more points, puts on 34. Probably only need two draws out of the rest of the games, and we're safe. All of the teams around are, right, are, are averaging. In fact, most of the bottom half are on about a point in a game. And I just think it's unrealistic to think that we're going to need much more than that. Because all of those teams aren't suddenly going to get better. Yeah. Now, Norman, Norman lose to Huddersfield. That's, and yeah, Hud- that's what I mean, though. If we're going to get to, like, 38 points, we're going to have to win those three games, I reckon. Why can't, why can't we win at Leicester? Why can't we win at Everton? Why can't we win at Bournemouth? They're, what, what, Watford have got the worst... Watford have got a worse home record than us. And we're shite at home. So... Yeah, but if lose tonight, are really in the shit. Like, if Watford lose tonight against Chelsea, um, they're right in it as well. Because, um, again, it's one of those where you look at that, you look at that squad and you think... There's some, t- there's some talent in there, but there seems to be a... a, a like, what because Because the model at the follower, like, you know, every season they seem to go through these massive changes of personnel, and I don't think there's much in the way of team spirit. So if Watford gets sucked into it, I think that's going to work against them. Whereas our squad, it is a set of lads who genuinely like each other, it seems. So I think that's, again, another thing in our favour. Just really quickly then, Mickey, you're, you're saying you're worried, you're saying that we probably needed more than a point yesterday, is that correct? No, no. my overall feeling on the way the rest of the season is going to go is that we're going to stay up. I think it's going to be tight and difficult and, and unpleasant for us as fans, but I think we're going to stay up. By a couple of points, three points, I think we'll be, I think we'll be safe. Safe before the last week. That will be party time, certainly. Like, What do the rest of you feel? Charlotte, go, you go first. Do you feel we're going to stay up? Yeah, I definitely think we're going to stay up. Um, I don't think there's any reason we won't get like a fair few points from these... You know, I'm not saying we're going to get three points from all our fixtures from now to the end of the season. That's obviously unrealistic. No, no. And I don't think it's as dire as sort of Mickey originally made out there. Um, I think we'll stay up. As well, if you look at things like, and I don't think it'll come down to goal difference, but if you look at things like that, the, the bottom three have a shocking goal difference. Like, And, and if, it, if it is, you know dire straits towards the end of the season we, uh, we'd we have to concede a hell of a lot of goals to, to be in that position um, but I think you know I think Sunday is it Sunday? Sunday yeah, yeah. <laughs> this Sunday is it Saturday or Sunday? oh this Sunday appointment yesterday yeah it's Sunday 2.15 on Sunday Sunday yeah I think Sunday will be interesting I don't think we'll walk away with that with no points now. yeah I don't think we're going to go down Nice one, I'm loving this so far. So I'll come to Bolland. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it for you. Go on, spoil it, Bolland. I think, well, I said at the start of the season, I think we'll stay up, but it'll be tight. I think it'll go at the, either the last day or the, the second last week of the season before we know whether we're safe or not. Um, I think ultimately we'll stay up, but it's going to be really, really grim. <laughs> it's going to be a lot more days like yesterday. Um, hey, I'll, ta- I'll, t- mate, I'll take them. I'll, I'll, 
I'll take them. I've seen Newcastle get blown away enough time away from home. I spoke to enough people there yesterday who were there for the 5-1 when it could have been 25 under Pardew. No, under McLaren against Pardew. Um, who who relish performances like that. And I was pleased to see Martin Hardy, a uh, good journalist and friend of the show on Twitter, saying that a lot of Newcastle fans saying, well, the only demand team that tries, well, we've fucking got it. Don't we, Norman? We do indeed, mate. I, um, a, t- a squad of players who will give a shit, and that's massive. It's going to be massive in the relegation battle. And ultimately, just think, right, Stoke, West Brom and Rossville are going to pay for ways staying up. I like it. Right, quick before we go, a quick word on the day, Mickey. Your thoughts? Is that no? You you liked Palace away, or was it Bolin who liked Palace away? Both of us. Both of you. Thoughts on yesterday as a whole? I enjoyed it. It's a good. Day. I, th- I think Palace is a reasonable, a reasonable one. It's it's a right pain in the arse to get to, obviously, especially for, coming down from Newcastle. Yeah. But even from London, it's difficult. Um, but <laughs> overall, I thought it was pretty good. Like a nice pub beforehand. I, I quite like the ground. It's an old fashioned, old style ground that keeps the noise in pretty well. Uh, um, I hate I hate those grounds that I've got like an outer wall, like Fulham does, Portsmouth does. Just unnecessary. Just build turnstiles. Yeah, but you get to go outside and have a tab when it's like oh, that. Right, so it's good, good for some. Good for some. Although you couldn't get out yesterday, it was too. It's like, dangerous. It's dangerous. Why are you complaining about it? I went and bought all of these drinks, and then you didn't even come and meet us. Wait, honestly, <laughs> we couldn't get out. I had a go at the steward. I said to her, like that's dangerous. People are going to get hurt. It was absolute pandemonium. Fair, I don't know, like, what you want her to do. Rebuild the stand, like. But they should. They should have got to control the crowd, don't it? That's their job. <laughs> if you're listening, steward, <laughs> Mickey's told us how it is live on air. Um, <laughs> Bollins. Palace is one of your favourite away days, but you weren't enjoying that pub pretty much. I can reveal that now. Oh, the sleepiest pub in the entire UK. It took <laughs> us about 15 minutes to get three pints. It's outrageous. <laughs> um, Croydon is not too dissimilar to Sunderland for people listening. It's so rubbish. Um, <laughs> it's, in fact, it's probably even a slower pace of life than it is in Sunderland. It was fucking rotten. The two blokes behind the bar must have been out all night because they were moving just so slowly. It's not what I needed after a mammoth journey from Wandsworth as well. <laughs> Charlotte, that's your second away game, your first ever Newcastle away goal. How, how was that? That was great. That's why I'm a bit husky today. <laughs> I was very, very happy. Um, I didn't mind the pub. It was fine. You just had to give yourself enough time at the ball. Um... Yeah, it was good. Really, really like. You had to wait that long for a pint in Newcastle. No one would go. It's the rubbish. Okay, Bolland. I'm talking, Bolland. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, really, I really like the um, the ground. Much to Mickey's chagrin, I um, I thought it was meant. It was like a proper old school, old school ground. Uh, I had a good day. I had a really good day. Norman, when's your next game? Because you're not at Man United. Um, Bournemouth, I think, is it? Bournemouth, yeah. Use three will be at Bournemouth. Um, and we will be back for you this week with a Manchester United preview Wednesday or Thursday. I can't do it because uh, I've got stuff on. Uh, so, yeah, thanks very much for listening, Norman. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I mean, to counter Andrew's um, patent dislike of uh, Croydon and the, the establishment that we spent time in, for me, you know what? It's not about the architecture of the area, it's not about the aesthetic of the pub. With the company you're with, and I just—I was just with some wonderful human beings yesterday. So I had a had a marvelous day. So there you go. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Andrew. 
<laughs> I had a lovely time with you too, and I could definitely beat up a pig. Right. On that on that brilliant note, we're gonna fit we're gonna finish it off there. Thanks very much for listening, everyone uh, who also retweets and shares the show. We're really grateful. Helps us get the word out. And like I said at the start of the show, if you've listened to the Press Forum podcast and not donated to the food bank, and let me say it again, food bank, um, you know, people who who need our help, uh, you must really do so. So that's enough preaching for me. We'll see you next time. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.